folks, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Blusterini in the home games and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. And if you want to learn more about me and the rest of the Wrecking crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew or you can just listen up because you're about to meet a few of them right now. Well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5B5 on Twitter or 5by5 in the Poker Stars home game. And I am John Somsky, known as Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50, just about everywhere. And uh, we have to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and Mark Bershon over at Website Amp, because you know what we do over here at Rec Poker is for fun. Uh, it's, we're a largely volunteer organization. Most of what we do is free, and we love for folks to come on over and get a free Rec Poker account. Join us in the forums, on Discord, uh, listen to the podcast, submit your own hands for analysis, uh, join the study groups, um, <laughs> uh, Chris's seminars, the book club, um, play in our home games, win real prizes, uh, meet pros, and uh, join our road trips and have fun social activities. It's quite a... Uh, quite a group of activities that we get up to over here there's something going on each and every day often two or three things and like i say it's free to join so come check us out we're going to do kind of a cool special uh episode tonight all right well thank you ace for joining us uh this is, i've been looking forward to this for a while so for those who don't know um i was a, a guest on the perfect pair podcast a little while ago uh ace is the host of that and it's uh run along with uh, fun country poker who's a friend of both of ours so that was a fun way to get to know you a little bit ace uh welcome to the rec poker podcast thanks for having me definitely been looking forward to this myself as well when i scheduled in advance so yeah. thanks for having me nice man um, now, you know, we're uh, a podcast mostly for recreational players. No surprise there. Um, you're kind of new to the game, but you've made a lot of leaps and bounds since you got into it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of what kind of poker you play and uh, a little bit about sort of like what your poker journey has been up until this point? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been a fun journey, <laughs> for sure. Um, I started back when, I mean, I'm only 22 now, but I started back when I was 16, 17, uh, you know, my friends, you know, as, as you get older, you know, you try to think of, you know, some other fun things to do and obviously too young to, you know, go out and, and do stuff. So one of my friends suggested, uh, you know, poker and, and we were all were like, sure, you know, we'll play. Um, and of course, like the gamble and all of us, we were like, you know, let's all put up five bucks to start. Uh, and we just played like a tournament style. And I'm just like a naturally very competitive person. So, you know, after the first time we played, I was already going home looking up, like, you know, how to play poker, how to get better at poker, all that good stuff. Uh, so after that, I just kind of like fell in love with the game and it was so fun to keep learning. And then we kind of moved on from like my grade, the grade above me and the grade below me all just made like a big group chat. And like, you know, once, twice a week, we would, you know, meet up and just do like a little cash game. It started off like we'd all buy in for 20 bucks, like nothing big. Um, and I just, I loved it. I just couldn't stop playing. And then um, back when quarantine hit was when I was like 19 at the time. And, um, you know, I found, you know, poker bros, poker stars, all that good stuff. Loved that because I was like, all right, well, now I can play for a little bit more money, you know, learn some more stuff here and there. Um, was probably horrible. Like, it was probably just <laughs> me giving away all money, all types of money, poker stars, poker bros, all that good stuff. Uh, but then once I turned 21, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go to the casino. I'm going to just try it out. I'm like, 
very always open to like just trying new things and just like I'm a big believer and big fan and like you know le- you'll learn the most by just like doing it like immersing yourself into it and uh I remember I, I sat down I, my first session was at Parks and uh, I'm also very 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 ambitious my first live poker uh game I sat down at 2-5 like I didn't even go into 1-2 or anything like that um so yeah I just kind of threw myself in there and I'll never forget the first day I played. Um, I had no idea that you had to like announce your raises, nothing like that. So like my first like welcome into poker, I had I had pocket tens and um, there was like a limp or two and I tried to raise it to 25 bucks. So I threw out, you know, green $25 chip and um, uh, like, you know, somebody else like called $5 and I was like, I, I made it 25. Yeah, the dealer was yeah. like, the dealer was like, you didn't say anything. I was like, I, I didn't know you had to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, funny enough, it, it limped around and I, and I flopped top set. I'm like 10, three, five rainbow. And I bet it out. And like somebody called and then, uh, somebody wound up just turning a gutter with like, uh, like oh. four, four, seven offsuit. And I lost mm. like two hundred. thankfully you only had like 200 bucks, but I was like, well, now I, I'm never going to not announce a raise ever again. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's so, funny. Some of those uh, things yeah. we have to like, we got to feel the pain uh, to, yeah. to learn yeah. that, you know, that's one of the, one of the fun things about getting into it live. Um, yeah. So yeah. you, yeah. now, now you play quite a lot. You play live, you, uh, uh-huh. you chronicle it on your YouTube channel. Um, you've mm-hmm. got the podcast here as well. How do you kind of define your own space in the poker world? When people ask you like, what's your role in the poker world? How do you answer that question? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good question because um, when I first started, so like after I played a couple months live, I said to my friends, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a poker vlog. And ever since the beginning, ever since I started it, like it's never been about the money. It's never been about like trying to build up and like make a paid course or nothing. Cause like, I'm obviously not like the best, like I just wanted to build a community and I wanted to meet people and, and just like the pure fact that like people will watch my content. And, and the fact that like a lot of times I go to the casino and people are like, Oh, I watch your videos. Like, nice to meet you. Like that makes me feel awesome. And then especially like I, I made it, you know, a discord, like a, it's like a group chat, um, you know, for people and like building up my Twitter and Instagram. Like I just want to build like a fun community like where people can talk to other people like make new friends um learn poker for free like i'm always discussing my hands for free other people approaching their hands i'll always give my input like it's never like me telling you how to play the game because i'm no expert but i just love like the whole community aspect of it and just you know being able to like pioneer that and, and be at the forefront of that is is awesome so i hope that i can just keep building a community and just getting everybody closer and it's just like the the fact that like the world just needs like the nice people out there and like you know to be, <laughs> yeah. to be more together like that that's just what i want to do so yeah i love it man well that resonates a lot with what we're doing over here of course and i know we uh mm-hmm. had a lot in common when we did that perfect pair episode as well and i think you know putting good people in touch with good people uh in the game of poker that's that's a mission we should all have so i love i love that sure. idea. um so how often do you play um is it mostly live are you still playing online and uh we'll talk into some of the ways that you like study and prepare after that but mm-hmm. when it comes to strictly time playing what's that like yeah so um i would love to be able to play more than i do i'm in kind of like a weird spot where i live like the nearest casino is an hour and that's parks um, then, you know, it's like hour and a half to Atlantic city. 
um, hour and a half to most places in Philly and in Delaware. Um, and I've had a bunch of problems with like filming and stuff over here. So like the nearest mm. place I can actually like play and film in the casino is an hour 45. Uh, so for a little while I was just making that trip once a week and I would get in, um, you know, one or two sessions, which is not the best, but you know, it's still a decent amount. And in the last three weeks, I found like a bunch of home games out here. Like I've met a ton, a ton, a ton of really, really good people. Um, so I've kind of gotten into my schedule of like now I'm playing two or three times a week, which has been really, really good. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. Nice. And, you know, you get better by playing and, you know, you're talking Mm -hmm. about your hands a lot with other people and chatting with them on discord and that sort of thing. So that's a good Mm -hmm. exercise as well. Um, Do you have any like active studying or how do you, how do you improve at the game? How do you study and how do you get better at the game? Yeah. So uh, that's another really, really interesting thing about me is um, the way I learned poker and, and how I learned poker was seriously, strictly just watching vlogs. Like I've watched thousands and thousands of vlogs uh, through every vlogger, um, taking bits and pieces of like, you know, what I see they're doing right, what I see they're doing wrong um, and incorporated that in, into my own game and just really playing live. Like uh, it's been so, so fun to like, I'm very, very, very critical of myself where when I'm playing and um, something goes wrong, like I'll immediately catch it and be like, okay, never again. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Like, it, it, you know, if I lose money or whatever, like I can be able to just process the hand in my head real quick and be like, okay, this is where I messed up. Like I, I know what I did wrong here. Um, so it, it's been a lot of that and, you know, like discussing hands with people and stuff like that. But I have been trying to look into, you know, some of what the best like study material is. Like I know people use like upswing or poker coaching and stuff like that. So I definitely have to look into that. It's just been like, I, I've been so full focused on, uh, you know, networking and growing my stuff that I, I really haven't really had much time to study. Um, I know I do need to study, uh, but it's just been more of just like picking up on my mistakes, like right away um, when I play, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, picking up on mistakes is a key uh, trait in a successful poker player, whether it's yours mm. or other people's. What are some of the mistakes that I'm not so, are, do you still, is it two five that you play a lot when you're playing cash? And and what are some of the mistakes that people in that player pool make and how do you, how do you capitalize on that and exploit those mistakes? Yeah. So um, a lot of people are kind of just, uh, I guess like over limping and, um, what I've learned at least myself is like, I tend to raise like pretty big, like a standard raise in like, you know, most cash games is just like three big blinds, maybe like two and a half big blinds, something like that. Um, when I'm playing two five, like I pretty much standardly open to like 25 or 30 bucks, which is like a five or six X raise, which is like to a lot of people, that's a lot, but, um, I can't tell you the amount of times, like I'm opening to 25, 30 bucks and I'm getting five, six callers, like Mm. (laughs) stuff like that, where it's like, I know people are playing extremely wide. And I mean, the other day I was at a home game and um, there was a straddle to 10 and uh, two people limped. And um, I looked down at King Jack offsuit on the button. And I was like, this is an awesome opportunity to just, you know, raise pretty big, take down a lot of dead money. So I made it 60 bucks and three people called 60 bucks. So it's like, <laughs> I'm yeah, like yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, a lot of the mistakes that I, I mean, that I'm picking up on is like, like yesterday I went to a new home game and just to like trying to like feel people out. Um, I kind of do a lot of like overlimping in the beginning just to kind of like see what people are playing and stuff. Um, so I, I made a mistake on, I limped um, a seven suited and like I flopped a flop, I flopped a pair and a flush draw, which was like a crazy flop. 
and like I bet and I got one caller um the turn was like a brick I bet he called and then I rivered I rivered the nut flush but the board was paired but it was like it was ace six jack eight eight so I'm like what you know I mean what boats is he gonna really have here so I mean I bet out um for 75 and he raised to 250 and I just kind of couldn't really throw it away um and I called and he had jack eight offsuit so it's like stuff where I'm like obviously like uh, that hand's not going to be in there if I raise well I mean who knows if it's going to be in there if I raise but I mean there's a really good chance that it's not going to be in there so it's just like you know instead of really just feeling people out I just have to just go in and and play my game and stuff but you know it's you know as soon as the hand's over I'm like okay well yes obviously I should have raised that pre-flop or folding like I I shouldn't be doing much limping myself Um, and that's kind of like a strategy that I've implemented which is I think a good strategy is I really rarely ever limp. I'm always, you know, uh, raising three betting or folding. I think that's a great strategy to employ in, in cash games, especially when if you're going to raise, you're going to get four or five callers every single time, regardless. And it, it's pretty crazy to me that, like I said, I opened up the 60 and I got a couple of callers. Like I, I play like my V pip is probably like 15% when I'm at these cash games because of that. And it's just like, these people are so recreational that they're not even really picking up like, all right, this kid's not playing any hands. Like I raise and they're just like, ah, fuck it. Like I'll still call. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so tightening up, you know, I guess is, is one way to exploit those kind of players, right? If they're just coming yep. along too wide. Um, so I, I want to talk to you about limping a little bit because that's a great uh, segue that you gave me there. I think in a lot of the games that our listeners play in, um, they see a lot of limps and they sort of face a lot of limps and they're in position. There's two or three limps leading up to them. So I think we all kind of know that we should be raising with our very strong hands. And I think people can sort of get behind calling in position or like over limping with like low pocket pairs or, you know, mm. uh, speculative hands and that kind of thing. What can you just talk a little bit about um, some sort of bluffy hands that you might choose in that spot or like what is it about like king jack offsuit or other hands like that that you might choose to raise instead of just limping behind or folding yeah so i just think um in particular like if you see a couple limps in front of you and you look down at um you know cards that have good removal like if uh, king queen i mean king queen's a good hand but like king jack um like i'll usually put in some of those hands like ace 10 ace jack offsuit into those into those ranges where um you know it's a good hand but you know i just think that you'll be like throwing away money or getting yourself into really bad spots if you're just limping those hands i think they're really good hands to raise and and kind of capitalize um on some limps um because obviously it's a really good opportunity um you know if i raised king jack there and then i got everyone to fold i'll pick up like 35 or 40 bucks um you know, for nothing, but that is a good point. Uh, the only couple hands that I, yeah, that I really will raise is like, I mean, uh, that I will limp is usually like pocket twos through like pocket sixes. Um, I just think if you're, go- if you're in a game where like pretty much everyone's calling your raises that uh, there's really no point in, in um, raising those hands because it's almost also that you kind of want a lot of people in the pot with you then, because if you flop a set, you know, it's very likely for them to have like a weird two pair or something like that um, for you to get a lot of value from and potentially like cool or somebody else. Like you don't necessarily want to be going heads up with somebody with pocket twos, pocket threes, fours, five, sixes. Um, so those are kind of some of the only hands that I'll limp. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm kind of just trying to be like my play style is more of like a tight aggressive um, where I'm, 
only playing like better hands, but I'm going to, I'm going to be very aggressive with them. And you talked about having some uh, issues recording. I'm guessing that has to do Mm -hmm. with sort of like casino security policy or they don't want uh, video from inside. Um, Is that a, is that a question of asking permission or begging forgiveness? And how do you sort of find out where are the places that you can record? Um, Yeah. So I, so when I started, um, I actually like, in all honesty, wasn't aware uh, that it was kind of like you needed to ask. Uh, I obviously know that now. Um, so when I, when I first, I have a very interesting story, actually, when I first started recording at parks, you know, I, I was, it was fine. Like, you know, I didn't have any issue. Um, and it was pretty obvious that I was recording. Um, management never said anything to me. Um, no players ever said anything to me. And when I was about like eight or nine vlogs in, I got an email from somebody, um, saying that you know they were a recreational player uh or no no a regular player there and um they didn't like that i was filming and they didn't want um pros to be coming to the games um and that like they were strongly advising me to stop and um kind of being pretty rude like saying um i'm not going to make any money on youtube anyways which i guess it's not about it's it's not about the money for me um (laughs) blah, blah, and all this stuff. And then they, you know, said like, if you continue recording, like uh, you're going, you're going to get asked to stop, blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of ignored it and just kept filming. And then like a couple, I would say maybe like two weeks after that, um, the, the manager at parks told me that I can't record there anymore. And, um, you know, I had a long conversation with him, like he's a great guy. And I learned that in Pennsylvania, it's, it's a Pennsylvania gaming board, like legislative legislation rule, that um, nobody can film in in all of Pennsylvania. And I've been back and forth with them. You know, they've told me it's about game integrity. It's about privacy. And I've, you know, combated their points and said, well, you know, nobody has any idea that I'm filming anyways. So, you know, game integrity, like it doesn't change the game at all. And um, I'm a, I'm big on privacy myself because like, ironically, like I wouldn't want to be on video either at a casino. So if anybody's face, like if I catch anybody's face, I always blur it out. Like I'm very conscious of that. Um, like I, I said all those points to them and they just like, didn't want to hear it. They just like would ignore me. And I mean, it's the, you know, our country was built on democracy. So I, you know, I've said like, is there any thing I can bring up? Is there any like vote anyway? Like I could change this and they still just like ignored me. So Pennsylvania is kind of a lost cause for right now, but, um, something similar also in Borgata, like I was filming there for a couple of weeks and then they, tapped me on the shoulder and said, somebody complained uh, about you recording, you know, you hmm. can't record here anymore, blah, blah, blah. So it's been kind of crappy so far over here, but, you know, trying, trying, trying my best. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you said you found, you know, you've found some success in home games and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha- have other casinos or card rooms been more receptive to it? Or uh, is it just, are you just sort of seeing what works out there? So the only card room so far, the only one like i've reached out to so many card rooms like especially so when one borgata didn't work and when i can't film in pennsylvania i reached out to rooms um like i'm in a good spot where like it's almost like somewhat of the same distance for like maryland new york pennsylvania delaware and new jersey it's all like the same drive like it's all right next to each other so i reached out to casinos in all those states like None of the ones in New York got back to me. None of the ones in Maryland really got back to me. But mm. I know Maryland, I know for a fact Maryland is more open to it because I've seen vloggers um, out there and I've talked to some who said Maryland is okay with it. 
Um, the only one who's like gotten back to me and been like, yes, you can record here is Delaware Park, um, which is, like I said, an hour 45 for me. And that actually right. was good. It's just like, that's a hike. And, sure. you know, with, with gas prices and everything like that's that's a hike. <laughs> so yep. uh, what I can make time for it, like I'll try to go down there. But for me right now, like all the home games around me have been like just, you know, make the most sense for me. And um, in in terms of like actually like enjoying playing poker, it's been the best for me, too, because like, you know, when I go to casinos, I mean, I, I'm a friendly person, like I'll talk to people and stuff, but. Um, you know, most of the people there are just kind of like headphones on just, you know, whatever they don't want to, they don't want to deal with anybody, but like at all the home games, like nobody's wearing headphones, everybody's having a good time right. talking and stuff. So that's been like, not only easier for me to make content, but just more enjoyable for me in, you know, a complete sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The quality of the time spent there, you know, that is a factor, yeah. right? We should enjoy that. Um, well, last question, I guess. So what are your, do you have any poker goals, uh, other than, you know, to grow the, uh, YouTube channel and the vlog and to, uh, grow, um, the number of people that you're contacting and bringing your love of poker to any, any other sort of goals within the poker world? Um, yeah, I guess I have a few. Um, so I guess in terms of playing poker, exactly. Um, I do obviously like everybody's, you know, goal and dream is to keep moving up in stakes, but, I do want to like build up a bankroll and move up to 510 to where like I'm very comfortable playing 510. And I just want to keep challenging myself to, although like I'm very self-aware to know, like I'm not the best player out there, but I at least, you know, want to feel like I'm a really good player. So I just want to keep learning and keep moving up the stakes. And and that'll be nice to like see results come back in that sense. But um, in terms of the vlog, yeah, like I just want to keep growing and keep, and keep building and, I've been kind of like going like all in and not yeah, yeah. No, no pun intended. Um, but I, I have the time where I've just been kind of like grinding and putting out videos and shorts and, you know, um, posting all my stuff to like Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. So I've just been, you know, really putting my, my best foot forward. So hopefully like it'll keep paying off and I'll just like keep growing across all my platforms. I mean, one specific goal that I don't know if I'll be able to hit, I'm, it's a high goal. I'm striving for 10,000 subscribers by the end of uh, the year. So got nice. four months left. So we'll, we'll see what we, we can uh, do there. <laughs> there you go. Well, what, and what's, uh, what's the link? Where can people find you if they go to YouTube and they want to subscribe and follow your journey? What's the best way to do it? Um, you could just type in Ace Poker and, and I'll pop up. And it's um, on all my platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. It's Ace Poker 444. Those are my lucky numbers, like my angel numbers. So Nice. And uh, the perfect pair of podcast, is that something you're putting out uh, regularly? And can people find that on your YouTube channel as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. You could just type in um, like Fun Country Podcast on YouTube and, and that'll pop up. I've I've interviewed, um, you know, Jim here. And that was a good one if you guys want to check that out. Uh, but about eight or nine vloggers as well. Uh, I'm up there. So yeah, trying to put those out pretty regularly. Um, so yeah, if you want to check those out, check them out as well. Awesome. And if uh, folks uh, are interested in learning more about Fun Country Poker, they're someone that we do a lot of work with as well. And we do a weekly play and, uh, play and hang mm -hmm. experience there, which is a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you, Ace. I enjoyed uh, getting to talk with you again. I hope you get some success uh, finding permission to record in all those exciting places and uh, you meet all those, all those goals you have for success in the poker world. Thank you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And everyone check out Rec Poker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Um, John, what's going on in home game land these days and who's been kicking butt lately?
Well, we started off, we had our No Limit Hold'em Championship Series on October 3rd. Remember, that's the uh, series where we keep track of points for the entire year. Happens the first Wednesday of every month. And Vanquisto, or Vanquisto, mm. uh, won his or her very first No Limit Hold'em Series of the year. Then on August 1st, Toronor. Joshua Josh. Campbell got his third nightly victory for the year. A big nice. deal. Brian DeHaven got his huh. third nightly victory for the year. B. Chip, Charles Allen, Charles. got his fifth nightly victory for the year. Poker Gak, 36. Naomi Pazol oh, got her nice. second victory for the year. MN Ted got his fourth nightly victory for the year. He's a beast. The Tuke, Brian Cole. Won the mixed event. If it's the Tuke, there's a good chance that's you know there's a French Canadian influence there. You know you don't get a lot of Yankees calling things Tukes. That's just I'm just saying. How, how well, does he spell it? T U C. I think it's a reference to a mechanical machine that was uh, supposed to be faked or something like that. Oh, I, I remember hearing. I think if it's what I think it is, I don't I know. See. He's I know him more from the Annie Up uh, games ah. originally. I've been on a couple of cruises with him. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah. Wow. Real nice guy. Every once in a while, someone writes in and they're a new member. And uh, I, I often, often they say, like, oh, yeah, I, I used to play. I, I played with John Somsky a couple of times. I met him up in Alaska or I was on some cruise with him or something <laughs> like that. You're like this common element. Um You've got quite a legacy, uh, John, particularly in Minnesota, but I think you really have touched a lot of people in the poker world. Well, it's kind of interesting because you can tell he plays the Annie Up series that I run plays on the sixes. So the sixth, 16th, and 26th of every month. So on those particular days, Brian shows up for the rec poker games as well, which as you can see, he won the nightly mixed event on August 6th. There you go. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Then for international events. Johnny Quattro got his mm. second international victory for the year. Go, Johnny. And Gopher Boy TJM, oh, no. whose Ooh. name is private, by the way. <laughs> um, Maybe it's as a different it, Gopher Boy as TJM. As it should be. As yeah. it should be. <laughs> got his first uh, international victory for the year. Only his second international victory lifetime. So, wow, there you go. Uh, I have a feeling he just doesn't play very many. Of That's right. Those Saturday, uh, he's got two kids at home. So I think his Saturday daytimes might be kind of spoken for. And then adding to the column of really doesn't need to get any better. Stewie 13, Stuart oh, Carriage won wow. the Learn Pro Poker event wow. on Sunday evening. So he can contact Jim at rec.poker for his free month to learn pro poker. All right, Stu, way to go. I might be seeing Stu in the next little while, actually. I'm trying to, I'm itching to get live cards in the air again. And there's just only so many places you can go and play poker in Southern Ontario. So um, Stu is uh, a good friend. And uh, uh, we played in that same tournament series that I got my main event um, entry from. So it'd be nice if we got a chance to connect again before too long. Um, also, I see in the uh, YouTube poll that our Rec Poker Nation just has excellent taste when it comes to uh, all the subjective arts here. Chris, did you put that out there? I feel slighted, frankly. <laughs> zero, zero votes 
<laughs> and if folks want, um, we we love sort of spreading the word about Rec Poker and what we do here. So if you go to the shop at Rec Poker, if you go under our resources tab, we've got all sorts of Zoom backgrounds and avatar logos and different designs and stuff you can download for free um, and use to help rep your favorite uh, poker learning community. So go check that out um, and other ways that you can support us. If you go to rec.poker slash support, you can find all sorts of ways to help, uh, help out. Just like uh, I hope some folks will help out their local food bank which is the uh, contest that we're going to be running uh, at the end of the show. People just type the word food bank in. I see many of our members already did. That's awesome. And I'm just going to remind people that uh, food insecurity affects more people than you think. And you never know who might be in need in your neighborhood. And it's a great way to really maximize the return on your uh, donation, whether it's money, time, or some non-perishable items. Go and support your local food bank. Thank you very much. Um, I want to go back to that poll for a second because I think it's kind of interesting. I did vote in that poll. I did not vote for myself, um, and I would have voted for any of the three of you before myself because all my background is is just a blurred image of my actual office. So, um, well, I appreciate it. Maybe it's just because mine stands out because the rest are mm. professional and mine is kind of just like some guy off the street walked in. But I, I, I would have voted for all three of you if I would have been able to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. That's and unsurprising. John is a very selfless and giving man. We've learned that time and time again. Uh, so, Rob, let's say we're uh, getting up to the end. We're getting close to the end of our journey through Dara O'Kearney and uh, Barry Carter's uh, ICM book. Yeah, we just uh, we just finished up uh, deal-making with... Uh, we just finished up deal making and some mistakes are bigger than others mm. on the uh, book study and deal making was interesting. Um, a lot of people, you know, you get to that final table of a, of a tournament and the stuff that we play is pretty small. So the deals are kind of, you know, not that big a deal, but um, interesting to understand how people don't realize how much equity they actually have at the end of a tournament like that. Uh, if you're in last mm. place and somebody offers you last place money, you say, oh, sure. Well, in reality, you have a lot more equity than that. So that's an interesting thing. And then some mistakes are bigger than others. And then what they're saying is that, or what Dara and Barry are saying is that calling mistakes are much more costly mm. than raising or betting mistakes. So keep that in mind when we go forward. Uh, so we were able to cover, cover two chapters. So we have only about four chapters left or five, five, five chapters left. So, yeah, I think there's a couple more sessions and we should be uh, have gone through the book and learned a whole heck of a lot about ICM. No kidding. We'll all reach out to uh, Dara and uh, Barry and see if we can get someone to come and do a little Q&A with our members. That's what we like to do at the end of every book in the book study. Uh, we invite the author to come and answer some questions from the group. And uh, those two are such classy gents. I'm mm -hmm. sure we'll have no trouble locking them down. Although they're overseas, so we might have to find yeah. the right time of day to do it. But uh, that'll be that'll be fun. And then um, I think I'm Rob retired then. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You got all that free time. That's right. Well, plus, you know, now that you're working on our spinoff podcast, I want, you know, that's going to take a little bit out of your week, um, putting down the putting down the short list of fantasy and science fiction books that we're going to explore chapter by chapter. 
Oh yeah, there you go. Another book study. <laughs> Another book study. That's right. Non poker book study. Um, so Rob, are we going to be doing? We're going to be doing some votes again. Uh, we were sort of last time we picked the next book. We had like almost like a ladder kind of uh, competition. Is that what you envision again this time, or do you have a short list? How are we going to do it? Um, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, it gives everybody an opportunity to get involved and and decide how they want this to work and which books they want to cover. I mean, it'd be very self-serving if I just picked a book myself and said, okay, this is the one I want to do. Um, <laughs> but I, I want I want it to be something that uh, others would enjoy doing. So I know we've been doing Twitter polls and not everybody is on Twitter. So Good point. I'm going to try to see if I can s- sneak something into the uh, Rec Poker website somewhere where we can get some more votes that way. Yep. Um, and then and then combine the two and then come up with a love it with a book. nice yeah nice oh that'll be here uh we're recording this on august 8th so it feels like the summers we're already we're already kissing the summer goodbye we got a few more we got a few more weeks of uh overwear overbearing heat and then and then it's football season again oh my god there was a real football game. It was only the preseason, but it happened. Two NFL teams squared off against each other. I feel like wow. a new a new chapter, a new dawn, as a new day has dawned. Yeah, I'm never quite back. ready for that. It, it has to it has to be <laughs> September before I'm willing to talk about it. This stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the preseasons. I there was this great ad for the NFL Network back in the day, which was um, get your predictions in or like you know stake your claim whatever that this one that always made me laugh back when the raiders stunk every year yeah eric and rich i said it back when they stunk all the time um it was this guy saying i know it's just the prizes but the raiders are four and oh baby (laughs) 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 anything is possible in the preseason folks so if you're a football fan enjoy that I got a few more weeks before I get used to life as a Steelers fan without Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm going to soak that up too and get a little sense of normalcy before the end of the world. Um, all right. Well, that was enough of that. Uh, is there anything else we should tell our wonderful folks about? Um, Chris, the theme of the month is um, blind versus blind. We did, we recorded a forums edition of that, which was pretty interesting. Um, I really liked where I, I really think the way that you talk about how ranges are capped and uncapped according to the certain actions preflop that really it's not it's it seems kind of obvious when you talk about it but it's not yeah. that obvious until you examine it so that was really and when you get i think in the middle of those situations we often think of you know like when two players limp and it's not blind versus blind right you get a limp to the flop it's like it's a totally different situation than in the the blind one somebody really has a clear advantage in those spots so um i think it's 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 good to review and and um and I'm I'm looking forward to the conversation at the end of the month. Uh, be sure you join us for that because I think it'll be a good conversation. Uh, Rob pointed out to me uh, a hand which I think we'll we'll bring to as part of that conversation, which is uh, based on the Adrian Mateos uh, inside the mind of the pro episode. So I'll I'll post something about that both on the forums and on Discord and um, come join us for that because I think it's a good. Uh, it'll be a good framework. And then uh, we're getting ready for uh, September when we'll be uh, looking at um, uh, responding to CBETs and how do right. we um, approach the other side of the table. We've spent a couple of months prior to the blind versus blind 
talking about sea bets in and out of position, but now we're looking at defending against them, and uh, that'll also be good. And speaking of Darrow Kearney, um, I have just uh, sent him a hand for his review, uh, and he's uh, getting that back to me for that uh, for that as well before he heads to the EPT. So we'll be cheering him on there. Yeah, that's right. Every month, um, Chris picks a hand from our premium members seminar recording session where our members get together and play on poker now to uh, kind of simulate a different tournament stage. And then freaking Chris Jones and Darrow Carney review the action, pick a hand, put it through a solver, share their feedback, and a couple of premium members get some pretty high-level feedback on how to uh, how to play in that spot in the future. Just one of the perks of joining up for your first month for $5 using the code RECPOKER. And um, speaking of forums episodes, I will say we record this one, uh, the chats every week live on YouTube. And uh, every two weeks, we stick around afterwards and we record an edition of the forums. Um, and I encourage all our premium members, if you've got a hand in the forums or on Discord that you're interested in talking about on the air, or you think other people might be able to learn something from, nothing makes us happier than when a premium member comes and joins us in the conversation uh, for the forums edition to the chat. So if you're free on a Monday night, go and check it out. I see. <laughs> I see Chris Jones is really finding his stride in the YouTube chat here. I was just going to say that um, one of my favorite forums edition regulars is John Crowell. And even though he is a Patriots fan, we still let him in. And I see Josh Campbell and uh, Roger are also disqualifying themselves from uh, future consideration when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to polite football conversations, um, that's good. I like I like those guys, and I know we can have some fun ribbon on each other. And I know, come on, Steelers fan, bunch of people in Minnesota. You know, we got to bring we got to bring some heat into this into this, or else uh, it wouldn't be any fun at all. But that is for another day. So yeah, so I want to thank uh, Josh Roger, um, who also is in the chat here today. Uh, Evil Roy, Martha. Um, everyone else who is in there contributing to the polls, uh, I think it, it, most of you are actually premium members already, but if you're not, send me an email, jim at rec.poker, and I'll hook you up. Thank you for joining us for the show. And thanks to our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and website AMP. And uh, thank all of you, all our listeners, for making all this happen. <laughs> and of course, Chris Jones, Rob Washam, and John Somsky. Uh, y'all are the best. We'll see you again real soon. Thank you.